Last month, Vladimir Putin led a rally in Moscow, marking eight years since the Russian takeover of Crimea. Tens of thousands of people gathered in the Lushniki Stadium, waving Russian flags and cheering on Putin's justification of his invasion of Ukraine. Oleg Gazmanov, a Russian artist with close ties to the Kremlin, also took to the stage, singing an anthem with the lyrics, Ukraine and Crimea, Belarus and Moldova, it's all my country. I was born in the Soviet Union, he sang. I was made in the USSR. Nearly 1,500 kilometres away, thousands of Moldovans watched with trepidation, fearing what may lie ahead for their own small, independent country. Last week, some of them spoke to our reporter, Simon Carswell. Actually, uh, Russia had a concert in uh, Moscow, yeah. and a lot of people sang there. And a song was uh, entitled that um, "Urasse will come back." Yeah. And they actually. Oh, that's a... Uh, no, no. Urasse. Urasse. Oh, yes, sorry, sorry, Soviet Union. Oh, okay. yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, in that song, they uh, I quote: "They said that uh, Republic of Moldova, Belarus, Polonia, Ukraine is where." Um, Sandwich between Ukraine and Romania, Moldova is one of the poorest countries in Europe. It is not a member of the EU, nor does it belong to NATO, and its people are afraid. The, the Moldovans' biggest fear is, to, is that uh, Russian would uh, conquer uh, Odessa, and Odessa is pretty close to us, so... If they get to Odessa, we just know that the next will be us. I'm Sarah Khapalak, and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today we ask, could Moldova be next on Putin's hit list? Simon Carswell is the Irish Times public affairs editor. Simon, you've been reporting on the Ukrainian refugee crisis in Moldova for the past week. What have you learned about how many Ukrainians have crossed into Moldova so far? And how is Moldova faring with this massive influx of people? Well, Moldova is struggling. Um, as you said, it's the poorest, one of the poorest countries in Europe. It's a country of 2.6 million people. And so far, 400,000 Ukrainians have come into the country. Now, proportionately, if you were to do the same, to give you an idea of just how many Ukrainians have been taken in in Moldova, if you were to apply the same proportion in Ireland, that would be 785,000 uh, Ukrainians coming into Ireland. We're, we're expecting about 30,000 by Easter. So that gives you an idea of just the pressure that Moldova is under. It's not in the EU, so it doesn't have any of the support to the EU. It's not in NATO, so it's exposed. It's outside that security blanket that a lot of these former Soviet uh, countries are concerned about. And the big concern in Moldova is that if Russia pushes further west, particularly along the Black Sea coast in southern Ukraine, and takes the city of Odessa, then uh, the feeling in Moldova is that Moldova will be next and the Russians will push on through. So really, it's all eyes on Odessa in Moldova. They're, they're terribly concerned about a prolonged attack on Odessa and that the Russians might take over the city. And the population there, it's the third largest city in Ukraine. It's more than a million people there. So that would lead to an even greater refugee crisis and Moldova is already struggling. So the concern in Moldova is that it would really be catastrophic if the Russians were to attack and take Odessa. And the Ukrainians who are arriving in Moldova, are they staying there or are some of them moving on into the EU? 
Well, one of the strategies that Moldova has, it's working very closely with its neighbour, Romania, on its western border. And it's really uh, being used as a transiting country. So of the 400,000 that have come into Moldova, only 100,000 have stayed. The reason Moldova is popular for Ukrainians is for a number of reasons. They share the same language, so it's easier for Moldovans, uh, for Ukrainians to get by in Moldova. It's very near to um, to Ukraine. We drove from the capital, Chisinau, to Palanka, which is the border closest to the Odessa region, and that took two and a half hours. So it's a it's a pretty easy journey to get from Chisinau to Odessa. In normal times, it would take about three hours. And the Black Sea resorts are very popular in Ukraine with Moldovans. So there's a close connection between the two countries. But Moldova recognizes that it can't cope there. We heard today from someone in the Romanian government who's working closely with the Moldovans about the need to have these green corridors and to get trains going across Moldova and to get uh, Ukrainian refugees into Romania, which is a much bigger country, um, much more resources. It's part of the EU, it's part of NATO, and it has much greater capacity to manage the refugee flow. And I'm here in Bucharest at the moment, and in Bucharest uh, and in all of Romania, they're, they're, they basically view Moldova as really a transit country where Ukrainian refugees would travel through and get to Romania. So Romania really regards Moldova as, as being, Moldova's problem as being Romania's problem. Simon, you've already mentioned that Moldova is very small, it's poor, and that it's not a part of the EU or a member of NATO. So Moldovans must be very worried that they could be next on Putin's hit list, right? Moldovans are really concerned that they're the next country, and there's a number of reasons for that. One of the main reasons that they're worried about is they don't really have an army here, and they don't really have the capacity to defend themselves. I spoke to one young Moldovan uh, woman who's actually moved to Dublin recently, but uh, her family, she's obviously in touch with them here in Chisinau all the time, and she made the remark, she said, it's not going to be a war in Moldova if the Russians come here, it's going to be an occupation. They just do not have the capacity to defend themselves. And that's why Odessa, it's described as the door to the war. It's this gateway that they're watching so closely that if the Russians come through it, then they'll just plough on through Moldova. The other complicating thing here, which is a major problem for the security situation, on Moldova's eastern border with Ukraine is an area called Transnistria. And it's a Russian-controlled separatist territory, separatist territory. And it's been that way since 1992. There was a war back then, and it was never really resolved. In Chisinau, they described the war as being frozen. And there are currently about 1,500 Russian troops stationed there. And there's an unknown number of munitions there. There's guns and weapons there, and they don't really know how much is there. But what that suggests to a lot of Moldovans is that if Putin has taken Odessa, he'll just look west and go, well, I have Russian troops already in Transnistria on Moldova's eastern border. I'll just carry on and take over Moldova. And that's what Moldovans think will happen. The other concern that Moldovans have is that this part of this new Russia, this Nova Russia that they talk about in Moscow as being uh, this this part of Russia actually covers Moldova, that, that Putin has designs where he sees Ukraine, southern certainly southern parts of Ukraine, Moldova, Belarus as being part of Russia. And the Moldovans are very conscious of that. They're very conscious that Putin has this view that he's trying to create this imperial Russia. He's trying to soak up the countries that were formerly part of the Soviet Union to create this once great Russian empire with Vladimir Putin as its leader. While you were in Moldova, you met with Sean Kell, an American military veteran who lives in Chisinau with his Moldovan wife, Olesia. When you saw like the first week, the first week of the war, was there, were there concerns here for you guys that, OK, Putin's not going to stop in Ukraine if he sweeps through Ukraine? 
because of Transnistria, all the other things, you know, his interest in the south coast, in the Black Sea coast, that he's got designs for Moldova. He's going to come here. I have already said that that is my impression of what is going to happen. What is like? What describe what you reckon? How, how do you? I believe he's going to link his forces up with Transnistria. That's a goal because it it also seals off the Black Sea. It mm. leaves Ukraine with no access to the sea. This chokes off Ukraine even more than they are. Um, of course, we know that they stopped gas delivery to Ukraine, so Ukraine's uh, in great need for that. But to cut them off from the sea uh, and to link up with Transnistria. What's the point in stopping? That's a good point. So, like, what, what's the point in stopping? That's kind of his view. If you move that if, many if forces... You all the forces yeah. here, I mean, let's do it all at once. Yeah. Now, now, do I think there will be a, a fight here? I think that if Europe doesn't intervene, uh, and America, that the, the, the Moldova is just going to capitulate. They're mm. just going to have to give up. They cannot fight them. They have a small armed force that, to my um, standards, is not very well trained. But that's, you know, they may be well trained for some of their neighbors, but just not to the standards that I would think. Sean is a former military veteran. He served in the U.S. Marines and in the U.S. Army. He's 22 years. He's, a, he's an Iraq war veteran. And he actually said, well, if I can't help out by uh, offering refuge and shelter to Ukrainian uh, refugees coming through, then I'm going to fight. I want to cross the border and use some of my military experience. I'll go and train the trainers or help build trenches or advise in the building of trenches or on marksmanship and uh, better kind of tactical um, military strategies. That's what he was going to do, but his wife didn't want him to do that. And she said, I'll let you take in Ukrainian refugees and we'll take them in. It's the right thing to do. And they're now on their third family of Ukrainian refugees who have passed through. You also spoke to Moldova's former deputy prime minister, who is now a political analyst, and he believes the risk of an imminent invasion is actually minimal, but that in the medium to long term, Moldova remains extremely vulnerable to Russian aggressions. Why does he feel that way? Well, this is Alex, uh, Alexandru uh, Flenchene. He was formerly a uh, deputy prime minister in the Moldovan government. and He was in charge of trying to reintegrate Transnistria into Moldova. So he's a very good take on the situation uh, as it exists here. His view was that if the Russians had gone further west, if they had taken over more of Ukraine, then yes, Moldova certainly would have just been another state that the, uh, that the Russians could have taken. But he feels that because the advance has been stopped... And because uh, the Russians haven't got further west, then that risk has dropped off. He also felt that, well, Putin was recognised there would be a price to pay for moving uh, into, into Ukraine and that there may be a, a lapse in time before the European Union could get its act together and impose sanctions. And so it was essentially a scramble by Putin to see how far he could get. And if he could have got quite far, then he would have just taken Moldova and would have paid the same price because the sanctions would have remained the same. So Alexandru is kind of making the point now, well, um, I don't think it's going to happen now because the price would be too great. The measure has been set, the sanctions have been set, future sanctions have been set for what if uh, Putin were to go further. And if Moldova was that step further, I think Putin now knows the price he would have to pay. 
although there is a concern that Transnistria is still there, the fact that it's Russian-controlled, the fact that it leans towards Moscow, the fact that there are 1,500 Russian troops in Transnistria, that still poses a risk. So, But long-term, he still feels that Moldova is very much in Putin's crosshairs and that if, if Putin is going to go west, at the very least, he's going to look to take Transnistria and possibly the whole of Moldova. Simon, before the outbreak of war with Ukraine in February, what kind of relationship did the Moldovan government have with Russia and with Vladimir Putin? It was a very cool relationship. Um, Moldovans uh, and the Moldovan government is quite conscious that they have a Russian-speaking population in their, within their own borders, so they have to be extremely careful. Relations are very cool with, uh, between, uh, between Moscow and Chisinau uh, because of the situation that exists in Transnistria. It's a very complicated situation. So Moldova very much is looking to the West when the Ukraine and Georgia fast-tracked their application to join the EU uh, in light of the Russian invasion. Um, Moldova hung on the same coattails. They put in the same, they put in an application to join EU membership. So they want to be part of the West and they see that as being an opportunity to get some sort of level of protection, some sort of military, uh, sorry, po- uh, political support. Military support, on the other hand, is much more complicated. Um, Moldova has neutrality enshrined in its constitution. So uh, many people here say it would be a step too far and it certainly would be regarded as a provocation to Russia if they were to apply to NATO to join. And that's certainly been ruled out by many people that I spoke to here. Finally, Simon, before you left Chisinau, you spoke to a group of high school students who we've heard from already who are packed and ready to leave. And some have actually already left. Is the threat from Russia that serious? Well, it's certainly taken seriously. Um, Moldovans, when they saw the, uh, the the kind of viciousness of the Russian assault in the early days of the war after the invasion of Ukraine started on, the, on February 24th, they saw that as, oh, we're, we're definitely going to be next. And look at how aggressive they are with Ukraine. It's incredible that you have a bag packed ready to go. I mean, that's quite scary, isn't it? Yeah. It's very real. Also, all my relatives, uh, when the war... Uh, well, it was announced that it started. We had uh, to go to a birthday, and uh, my most, my closest uh, relatives were there, and they all, every one of them, said they have the bag prepared. What they've done, many of them at least have done, is to put all the important documents that they have, passports, birth certs, marriage certs, identity cards, and put those in a folder so that they can grab if they have to rush, uh, rush for the door and leave the country. And um, some Moldovans that I spoke to had friends who had already left. Uh, three young people I spoke to, their fr- one of their friends had left. Uh, I spoke to a Moldovan member of parliament who previously lived in Dublin for 20 years. And he had a, fr- a family friend. They left. They went back to Ar- they went to Ireland as soon as the Russians invaded. So the concern here and the threat as they see it from Russia is very, very real. It's leading to very practical consequences. And even Ukrainians that you speak who've come to Moldova, their friends back in Odessa and places like that are saying, why have you gone to Kishina? Why have you gone to Moldova? Should the Russians are in Transnistria, they'll just fire rockets at Kishina. You're, you're as at risk there as you were in Odessa. So that gives you a sense of just how people see this kind of geopolitical region, how they see Putin's plans for this region and the risk that Russia poses to this neutral country, uh, Moldova. Moldova has aspirations to be in the European Union. Yes, not not with Russia. That's that's like uh, 
suicide. Yeah. yeah. The long term suicide. Just repeating the history, and we will learn about our history, and we don't want to see that happening to us or to our families. For example, my my grandma's sister, she was uh, deported in uh, Siberia, Siberia, and then she came back. And imagine if they uh, uh, the Russian uh, come back now. They'll just take everyone. You know, it will be the same. We have a real act, uh, event that happened. Mm. So we are looking realistically at the facts, and we know what happened. We we've learned about it. Yeah. A whole year we've learned about the Second World War, so we know what what will happen. We, we know what happened. We know all the families that were deported, where all the families that were killed, the massacres. Yes. We know about. You know everything. the history. Yes. yes, and the history repeats itself over and over again. But Simon, some of the panic that existed among a lot of Moldovans during the initial weeks of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, that has subsided somewhat. Why is that? It's mainly subsided on the basis of how well the Ukrainians have resisted so far. Um, and in particular because Odessa hasn't been subject to a major assault. There have been rocket attacks on Odessa, but uh, the Russians haven't targeted or haven't invaded um the, the city yet. They did, however, last weekend fire rockets into the downtown and that was the first time they'd done that in the six-week war. That led to some concern and that did lead to an increased exodus. We talked to some border uh, control police, the chief there, he said that it did lead to an increase of about uh, several hundred crossing the border in response to that attack. As we see potentially, and I think Odessa is very much on Putin's map, as we see attacks on Odessa the more the the more the city is attacked uh, and the push the closer that the russians push towards that city the more pressure that's going to put on Chisinau and the more pressure it's going to put on Bucharest as well because Moldova and Romania are really seen as one in terms of the response. Uh, we travelled to a border crossing in northern Romania in Siret and even there they were talking about which is, you know, it's a good 10-hour drive away from Palanca and Odessa. They were saying that they were expecting Ukrainians to, uh, the number of Ukrainians to increase uh, by about fifty to 60,000 a day if Odessa is attacked. So really it's a bit of a powder keg, that corner of Ukraine. It's a big concern as to what might happen there and everyone's watching it. And you asked them about their hopes for the future. If Russia does invade Moldova, what do they think will happen? Well, if Russia invades Moldova, they don't think there will be any contest. If they come with um, all their army, we are done. We don't yeah. have an army. We don't have yeah, people who would... Easily overrun. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so we are not see. like... The main city of insane. Moldova is just Chisinau, so if they conquer Chisinau, it's just done. That's it. And they feel that many will have to leave. Um, they look to the west. They don't look to the east. Uh, they see their futures in the west. They see their futures in Europe. Even the, the idea of living is scary, because if you live, you like you start from zero. You have nothing. Yeah. So if this war extends from Ukraine, and this Russian expansion extends from Ukraine into Moldova, you'll have a refugee crisis not just affecting Ukraine, but you'll have a refugee crisis affecting Moldova, with Moldovans joining Ukrainians and heading west. That's all for today. My thanks to our guest, Simon Carswell. And you can read more of Simon's reporting on the Ukraine crisis from Moldova and Romania at irishtimes.com. Today's episode was produced by Declan Conlon. In the news, we'll be back on Wednesday.